0: Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh beginning the new week on the podcast. Lord will we'll be in Psalm one twenty eight, Psalm one twenty nine today. Part of this certainly is a Messianic Psalm, and that's what we've been looking at. And so we're thankful that the Lord's allowed us to come back and do another week of the podcast. We rejoice in that. I pray it's been a help. I pray as you listen to your place of business, your place of homeschool, your your car on your drive, your home, wherever the case is, I pray that it's a blessing to you and a help to you. Uh, would you let others know about this podcast? Would you just take the subscription information, forward it to some people you know, and you never know who might get help from the Word of God? We don't do this as a formality. We don't do this out of the deadness of the practice of religion. We don't do this for the purpose of soul winning. We do this for the purpose of bringing glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And my pastor yesterday was preaching in the house of God, how we thank God for the services we had. And he was preaching last night. He talked about that, how God has no need of us. And God does not need us, but all how we need him. And my friend, uh, I need the Lord. I need the Lord working in my life. And he doesn't need me. He could replace me with a monkey, do a better job than what I do. But I want to bring glory and honor to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as long as I live and how we thank the Lord for the privilege that we have to bring any glory to his name. And I want to bring some glory to him before I pass off this earth. We were praying last week. I made special mention of prayer requests, some folks that were in duress, some folks hospitalized. Uh, We have one home from the hospital, we have one that passed on. And our dear friend, Mr. Proctor, from here in Shippensburg, Pennsylvania, Floyd Proctor, went on home and uh, checked out of this earth and departed this earth. And how we thank the Lord for his life, thank the Lord for his family. And then my own stepfather, I just make mention again of Bill McEwen, very serious need, not doing well at all, and uh, not long on this earth, but the Lord knows these things. and The Lord has kept him all these years and been a good stepfather, been a good to my mother, and we just rejoice in that. We thank God for that, but thank God he has a testimony. I sit in there in his chair, reading the King James Bible, under conviction, how God illuminated his soul, and he came to repentance, and He told about repeating a prayer when he was just a young boy, but he just said it didn't do any good. It didn't take. But later on, much later in his adult years, up into his 50s, he was when he came under condemnation of the law of God. And uh, to the day that he was uh, that he was able to speak and able to continue to, to be understandable in his tongue. Uh, He would speak to me of those things that day God saved him in his chair, and as long as I've known him, he's been sitting in that chair reading that King James Bible, and how we thank God for that, thank God for that testimony, but pray for my family, he's about to make the crossing, and I pray for my mom, by the time this podcast airs, he may have made that crossing, uh, but just pray for them, pray for the Proctor family, if you would. Psalm 128, Psalm 129 today, a song of degrees, and blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. And I know in Psalm 119, especially, we talk about those ways, the way of the Lord, the ways of God. And yet all through the scripture, it talks about God's ways, why his ways are not our ways. His ways are far above our ways. And God's ways are unknown to man. We can't understand God's ways, yet he tells us to follow his ways, to walk in his ways. And I believe the only way to do that is to not boast ourselves of tomorrow. I believe that we need to live for today. What does God have for me today? And that's a hard thing to do. Uh, It's a hard thing. I came out of quality control in the United States Air Force and then in the contract world. It's a hard thing for me to submit to that. What, What does God have for me today? Not worrying about tomorrow. Not boasting of tomorrow. Certainly not fretting about tomorrow. And to walk in God's ways, what does God want for me today? To walk in his way today, the ways of God, holiness, godliness, to be content, to be satisfied, to be joyful, to have peace, and oh, what a blessing it is to go down to the house of God on a Sunday, and God, restore your soul, and God, to seat you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and God, to show you, again, just how worthless you really are. And what a blessing it is that God would consider enough of me to think of me enough that he'd come to where I was and show me how utterly worthless I am. And I have absolutely no value in me. There's no value in Tim McVeigh. There's no value in this flesh. I can't find any good in this flesh. That is in me. That's this flesh dwelleth no good thing. But yet. In my soul dwells the holiness of God. We have in the same spirit of faith, I believe, therefore have I spoken. And for God to reduce me to that place, to realize I have no value in me, but the value I have is in Jesus Christ. And oh, how we bless his name and thank him that God would be so good to us to show us that. But God would reveal his ways to us, the ways of his dear son, Jesus Christ He said, for thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands, happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Why? Because you're blessed because you walk in the ways of God. You'll eat the labor of your hands. God will provide for you. God will send rain on your crops. God will sustain you. God will take care of you if you walk in his ways. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. We talked about that the last podcast, those arrows in the hand of a mighty man. He said, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Oh, what a joy that is to hear the laughter of the children, the joy of the children around thy. if you'll walk in the ways of God, behold, that thou shalt the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee. And he goes on and says in verse six, the Lord shall bless thee out of Zion. Thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. And then he goes on to Psalm 129, again, a song of degrees. And Psalm 129, he changes gears just slightly, but it's really along the same pattern. But he says, many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, may Israel now say. Many times that they have afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. And then we see the messianic look here. And I realize he's talking about Israel. He's talking about a people. He's talking about a nation But then when the psalmist changes gears to verse 3, we cannot help but see Jesus Christ when he says, The plowers plowed upon my back, they made long their furrows. Why did they plow upon his back? Well, it's those that ran at him. It's those that crushed him. It's those that laid that whip, Pilate, when he scourged him. And the word of God said, Pilate scourged him, took that whip and laid his back open. The plowers ran upon him. And all how we see that ties him with Jesus Christ. And you realize it's him that was afflicted from his youth. They hated the idea that the, this man would come out of Nazareth. They hated the very concept that this man would come. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And not only out of Nazareth, he came out of Galilee. He was born in Bethlehem, Judah, as the prophet foretold. He wasn't born in a king's home. He was born in that lowly stable there behind the inn. And oh, my friend, what a joy it is to know that Jesus Christ was the lowest of the low. He, he was so low that men could not esteem him. But when they did esteem They saw esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. That's how low he was. God himself had smote Jesus Christ. God himself had afflicted Jesus Christ. The plowers plowed upon my back. I believe that's also when Job 16, when God ran upon him, took him by the neck and shook him, he plowed him, tore him to pieces. He rent the Godhead in pieces. The verse four says, the Lord is righteous. He hath cut asunder the cords of the wicked. And then in verse 5, let them be, all be confounded and turn back that hate Zion. That confounding. Oh, what a strong word that is to be confounded. Yet he said that those that believe shall not be confounded. Oh, what a blessing it is. We're not confounded. This doesn't turn me upside down. This doesn't turn me inside out. One of the great confoundings we find in Scripture when God confounds men When God, because of their unbelief, God will confound their minds, and their minds will be so twisted, their minds will be so topsy-turvy, and the longer I go in this ministry, I find out I'm not a bleeding heart like I used to be. I realize men have established their own paths. Men have established their own ways. Men have hardened their hearts long before they destroyed themselves. They hardened their hearts against God long before we saw the evidence of destruction. Men had hardened themselves. You know why? Because they were confounded. because they turned back, because they hate Zion. They hate that city of God. They hate that mount. In the city of God, they hate that place. Why? They hate the concept that a man, in in robed in flesh, that was called Jesus Christ, was the Son of God. He was God in flesh, and he died on the cross for their sins. And he died not for their sins, but for the sins of the whole world. And we not only died for their sins, and then was buried in a tomb, buried in a borrowed tomb. And then after three days and three nights, he resurrected and he did all of that. And here's what men hate according to the scripture. You see, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that died for our sins, died according to the Scripture. He was buried after three days. He rose again according to the Scripture. That's what they hate. They hate the Word of God. They hate that Mount of God because it tells of a place that Jesus Christ died according to the Scripture. They hate the Word of God. They love their ways rather than God's ways. They love their ideals rather than God's commandments, and they love their thinking more than they love the precepts of God. Because every man does that which is right in his own eyes, and they think their ways are right. They think their way is right. They think it's better, and they hate the things of God. They hate Zion, so God's confounded them because of that hatred of Zion. He said, let them be as the grass upon the housetop, which withereth afore it groweth up, whereat the mower filleth not his hand, nor he that bindeth sheaves his bosom. Neither they which go by say, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. There is no blessing to them that curse God. They are like that that grass upon the housetop. It doesn't even come up and turn. It doesn't even get harvested. It doesn't even turn green. It just withereth before anything. It withereth in the sun and the heat. And yet that seed's been planted, but it tries to spring up, but it's withered away. Why? Because they have hated Zion. They've hated that mount of God. They've hated that place of God. They've hated the holiness of God. They've hated the God that would dare to stand against their ways and stand against their ideals and stand against their, their thinking. And therefore, neither do they which go by I say the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. There is no blessing to those that have cursed the name of God. There is no blessing to those that hate Zion. There is no blessing to those that hate the things of God, the word of God. They're under a curse. They've been damned. They're under a curse already. They're already damned. They live their life as dead men. They live their life as men without Christ. They live their life as dead men walking. And some of them will live to be a hundred years old. Some of them live to be a hundred and two, a hundred and three years old. And people will say they have good lives. They'll have children or doctors and lawyers and millionaires. They'll have wealth and they'll have esteem and they'll have prestige. But they're like that blade of grass. It springs up and it just withers away. There's nothing to it. And they die without hope. And they die without help. They die without Christ. Why? Because they have never considered him. They hate the things of God. They hate the word of God. And so there's no blessing to them. There's nothing but a curse to them. Sure, they prosper in this world. The devil makes sure that they prosper. The world makes sure that they prosper. Their flesh makes sure that they prosper. Everything will have financial gain and, and financial profit to it. I myself enjoy an auction. I like going to the auction and at many times I'll sit there and I'll watch people's lives laying out on tables and I'll watch the, the grunges of this world, myself included, go through and pick through the particles of people's lives, there'll be boxes filled with the things that they treasured, the things that they loved, the things that they fought for, the things that they gained, and the things that they labored over. And I'll watch as that auctioneer tries to get a couple dollars for the remnants of their life. And I'll watch it. There are some collectibles. The other night I was at an auction. I saw a particular collectible, a unique item. It went for $3,000. By the time you paid buyer's premium and tax, it would have been up in the $3,500 range for this one collectible. And all people just went on about that and raved about that, how rare that was, how that unusual. But I've also seen people that held collectibles so dear and they couldn't get a dollar for a box something. They couldn't get a dollar. And I watched people's lives laid out on those tables. And you wonder sometimes, was it all in vain? Was there any hope in their life? They accumulated all of these things and great antiques and great collectibles and great jewelry and great wealth. And Yet, was there any profit to it? Or was the Lord God God confounded them because of their unrighteousness, because of their godlessness, because their way was not His way. There's no blessing upon them. They're under that curse. Their children are cursed. Their grandchildren are cursed. There's no blessings upon their life. And can I say to you, if I die a pauper, and I die broke, and I die homeless, and I die without anything else, and my children have to live a life of poverty, can I say they're so much better off because they had a daddy, they had a King James Bible put in his hand as he was a little boy boy, and though he turned against it, and though he was skeptical of it, and though he would not obey it because of his own rebellion, because his ways did not line up with God's ways, yet when he came under condemnation of the law of God, the holiness of God drew him with everlasting love. He drew me and brought me to himself and brought me to a place of repentance. That was the goodness of God that bringeth thee to repentance. It wasn't what God did for me. It's just who he was. That's why he brought me to repentance. And that day I came to repentance, my life. gloriously changed Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I'm no longer under a curse, no longer bound to a curse, no longer under wrath. I'm no longer under judgment. I'm no longer uh, a target for God. No, rather I'm a target for the blessings of God and obedience to God and following him and obeying him. Those could go by and say, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. My children have the blessings of the Lord. My home has the blessings of the Lord. My life can have the blessings of the Lord again, not because of who I am, because who he is, not because of my genealogy, because who Jesus Christ is, not because of who my family tree or my family uh, fortune or not because of my religion or not because of anything else other than God is good and God is faithful. And it is a whosoever will salvation. There are men that hate the word of God today that God can turn that if they'd be willing. And then say, you know what? I'll embrace this Savior. I'll believe this Savior. I'll love his word. God will turn their captivity just like he turned the captivity of Zion. God will turn that captivity and receive the blessings of God. But they got to be willing to turn. They got to be willing to receive. They got to be willing to believe the word of God. Again, we're finishing Psalm 128, 129. I hope you have a great day. Lord will in the days to come. We'll be in the Psalm 130s with the Lord's help. Pray for us. Pray for the upcoming meeting in Shingle House. Have a great day. There is a lost soul who's tired of the sinning And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy The angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home and the saints all with gladness are singing the glory.